everybody. Welcome to the Great Big Yes podcast. My name is Sue Bidstrup. I'm glad you're here. This podcast is where we talk to people who have said yes to a greater calling on their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to Morgan Day Cecil. She is a friend of mine. I met through Holy Yoga originally, but she is um, wildly creative and has so many wonderful, interesting things going on in her life. She's just a lovely spirit, and I know you guys are going to fall in love with her. Um, she and her husband run Romance and Adventure, and so she talks here about that, um, what is true romance and meaningful adventure, and she, we talk about sex on this podcast, so um, get ready. Uh, we talk about a lot of really interesting and wonderful things here, so I'm glad you're here. I hope you enjoy. And all of the details, um, the things that she mentions and all of her information and how to follow her and get in contact with her will be on greatbigyes.com. So head over there for the show notes. But um, thanks again for joining us and um, enjoy. Here's Morgan. Okay, awesome. So hi, Morgan. How are you? Hi, Sue. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on here. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. Um, I just want to briefly say um, for the people who um, were just who are listening, Morgan and I met through Holy Yoga originally, but Morgan is um, just such a creative uh, person, and she's. I'm so excited to have her on. And um, Morgan, you actually made the um, created the great big yes that's on the blog right now. The big sign at the I top. Did. <laughs> I did. Yay. I did. And it's, it's yeah. beautiful. So, um, thank you. Yeah. You have so many things going on that are amazing, but I, um, today really just want to talk about, um, and I'm sure it'll offshoot into many different things, but I love what you're doing, um, with your romance and adventure. Um, can you just kind of explain what that is and, um, kind mm -hmm. of what you're hoping to accomplish with that? <laughs> That's a big question, Sue, <laughs> and I will do my best. All right. <laughs> so romance and adventure, kind of like you are captivated by this idea of a great yes, like what that means for you. It's kind of like the theme that has been in your life for, you know, a decade yeah. now. Like you were talking about just how it's shown up and it's kind of been a guiding force for you, just like this idea of these three words be strung, to, be strung together, a great big yes and what that looks like. So for me, a romance and adventure happened similarly, like about 10 years ago when I was a single mom and I, my heart was so hungry for, for romance and for adventure, but my life circumstance, um, it felt very limiting, you know, be, you know, my, the biological father of my son, uh, didn't want to be a part of our life. And I felt completely rejected as a woman and alone. And so the kind of cliched version of romance, um, I felt disqualified for. And then on the adventure side, like I was, you know, the sole provider and caretaker for my son and he was just a baby. And so my nights I spent at home alone and my weekends were at home. And so it was up for me, I needed to redefine romance and adventure in a way that was inspiring for the season of life that I was in. Oh, and I love so, that. I love that because yeah. we think it has to look a certain way. And it doesn't. Right. And we, it doesn't. And like, this is what I love about God is that it's like, 
the the possibility. It's like the what if. What if romantic adventure was available to you now, no matter what season you're in? And I feel like that that is God's invitation to us all the time. He is romance and adventure. He is yeah. He is our beloved, and He is always inviting us into something bigger and greater. And so, how I redefined adventure and romance for myself is that romance was going to be everything I did in the name of love. And so just the way I got dressed in the morning, just the way I took care of myself, just the way I took care of my my son, I was going to do it as romantically as possible. And that meant really delighting in my senses and bringing in beauty and um, just beginning to see all the beauty and love that is around me. It's just like that sense of wonder. Yeah. Um, and then adventure, I redefined it as um, anything I do that requires me to be brave for the sake of love. And at that time in my life, I was, wow. I mean, I'm still on an, <laughs> a, a journey. I mean, but that was the beginning of like a really deep personal journey to really get to the heart of who I was as a woman. And I was becoming a mother and I had really self-destructive patterns in the past that I didn't want to carry into my life anymore. And so my adventure was this inward journey of um, facing my shadow and going to the places that I had been terrified to go mm. previously and to go there because I, you know, in faith believed that there was healing and light on the other side of that. So adventure is just all the things we do every single day. There's something that yes. requires us to be brave, you know? Yes. Um, well, I love that. And... So adventure doesn't have to be um, going, although I know you love to travel. It doesn't have to be that. It can be an internal, um, an internal yes. journey, right? Like that going in mm -hmm. and being vulnerable. And how did you feel mm -hmm. God, like, how did you feel brave enough to do that? Ah, uh, motherhood was like really a big catalyst for me. Like mm -hmm. I, uh, when you, I didn't grow up with a lot of self-worth and I had a lot of trauma in my past and, um, you know, you name it, I went through it kind of as a child, as a teen, mm -hmm. um, drinking problems, body image issues, uh, abuse, like everything. And so I had very little sense of, who I was and what I was worth. And at that time in my life, I didn't know God. So it was all up to me like to figure out. And I didn't really have a reason to figure it out because I didn't value myself until I became a mother. Mm -hmm. And um, that connected me to womanhood in a way that I had never experienced before. And so, um, I mean, it's so holy and it's so real and it's so challenging and so yes. beautiful that that really did begin to open the door. Um, I mean, gave me the courage because I, out of the love, love gives us courage. And the love I felt for my son gave me courage to start taking care of myself and um, kind of dreaming yeah. bigger. Okay, I love that. So then when did you, um, you said you didn't really know God at that point or you did? Like, did you grow up knowing about God? I didn't. I mean, well, yes and no. I mean, it's, this language is really funny and yes. um, hard because so I didn't grow up as a cultural Christian. My parents aren't religious and, but I would say I grew up very near to the Holy spirit, mm. like very near to the mystery of God, the beauty of God always felt super close to me. And um, 
I wanted to know more. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've been on this journey ever since I was a kid because, you know, you just feel something is there, yeah. um, but you don't have a name for it. And so uh, evolving journey, like what this looks like to know God. And I always feel a little sheepish saying I know God because yes. I'm, I'm learning who he is and who, and even like the, the pronouns now, I mean, yeah. I, I am a Christian and I follow Christ, but I'm, I am finding so much uh, relief and joy and inspiration, like kind of thinking about what, what is God like in the feminine? Mm-hmm. Because like the pronouns um, and the, it's a different side of the holy that I think um, we crave and, yes. you know, I was missing. So this journey has been going on, but I, but it was, let's see, the year is 2016. So six years ago, I had that amazing experience with Christ where it was like, yes, I trust you fully. Yeah. Um, you are my guide, like you are my God. And so um, walking that out, I try to do that the best I can. And I would say that it's, it it's like walking with blindfolds on. Like yes. doesn't it <laughs> I, feel, I'm just feeling my way through it. Yeah. And doesn't it feel like the less or the more you know, you realize that you don't know anything? <laughs> yes. I mean yes. he's it is mystery and it's so expansive and and we're not we can't even put our language around it. And so when we do, our language seems really juvenile and small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say just like the path of um, yoga, and my master's degree is in Eastern philosophy, and so I've had an amazing opportunity to have such rich conversations with people of all different faiths and all different paths, and I learn all the time. I feel like I'm a student everywhere I go, and I just want to sit at the feet of the holy, like whatever, like tell me about what's holy to you, and I just, and I relate, and I get it, and so... Um, I, at the end of the day, it's all a mystery to me, but I do know what it feels like to be close to the sacred. And, um, that's what I want every day. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And you can tell that so much when you meet you and when you talk to you, because, um, you're just very open and respectful and, um, you just have a beautiful spirit about you. And so it's, um, it's, it's just true. Um, so speaking about sacred, um, I saw on one of your Instagram posts, it said, it's time for a shame-free conversation around hot, sacred sex. <laughs> yeah, so what a great... I yeah, pulled that quote great. out. <laughs> um, I think it's yeah. an important conversation to talk about um, not only the romance and adventure kind of with ourselves and with the Lord and in life, but like truly to get down to... What does it mean to have that um, intimate relationship with your husband when you've been married? Like, I've been married 22 years. And I know for a lot of people after that, you know, after a certain point, it gets kind of stale Mm -hmm. or it's just not Mm -hmm. like that exciting anymore. And so one of the things that I think is really cool about what you're doing is you talk a lot about bringing the fun back in. Right. And so mm-hmm. like that's yes. kind of how romance and adventure feels to me. Like it feels fun and it yes. feels exciting and it feels like you can still be new and fresh and um, exciting with people, with a, your, your spouse that you've known forever, yes. you know? 
Um, yes, I love that. I love that you feel that way when um, you encounter romance and adventure, whether it's on Instagram or yes. wherever you see it, because it is. And this is, I mean, one of the things I want people to feel is that spirituality and sexuality are absolutely normal human experiences, and they're both to be celebrated. And they're actually a lot nearer to one another than we think. I mean, it's kind of crazy and taboo to say that. Um, but, like, at this source is intimacy, it's right. connection. And spirituality at its core is that, and sexuality at its core is that. It's presence, it's intimacy, it's connection. And so I think we can learn a lot about both when we um, – go into either. I mean, I call it embodied spirituality or transcendent sexuality. It's like we, through a healthy and deep love of God, we can come to actually loving sex. And through a deep and healthy love of sex, we can actually come to knowing God. And it's crazy, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Ah, well, it's what's so and- good about it is it's the culture is giving us a lot of um, not so healthy images about sex. And so... It's kind of like taking it back for what it is and what it was meant to be. And exactly. We have. Yeah. Not allowing the world to define it for us anymore because it's been, um, you know, defined in a way that's not healthy. Um, Yeah. There's so much misinformation out there and so much misdirection. And I think the way the church has dealt with it in the past is just to turn its back on it and not deal with it. Right. But we, we don't, that is not the way we work. I mean, especially in this day and age when we're so connected online and social media and we're exposed to, we're exposed everywhere, whether it's reality TV and Kim Kardashian or um, just like Instagram posts, like, or selling hamburgers or cars, like sex is everywhere. And so to not engage in a conversation about it is just really foolish. And it's, um, uh, it's not even Christ-like, I don't think. I mean, for for me, I think it's what is so captivating about Christianity is the incarnation and the resurrection. Yeah, two things that are deeply like this is an embodied They're experience physical. of God. I mean, <laughs> yes, right, yeah, like God deciding to be um, incarnated, like in the flesh as a little baby, like to, to, to grow as a man and to experience life as a human. And then, you know, at the resurrection deciding that I'm going to come back in the flesh, I'm going to come back with a body. It's like, how can we distance ourselves from the body as Christians? Like we need to really go there. And one of my teachers says it's impossible to be fully embodied without understanding in connection to our sexuality yes because I mean we we don't need to beat around the bush or it's like we don't it's like people don't want to talk about it, but it's such a huge elephant in the room like yes. our sex this well is and don't you think, so much don't you think the church has done a lot to wrap shame around it <laughs> because when you yeah. right <clears throat> so yes. when you start oh, yes. to ignore things or say just don't do it or like not discuss it or it's it's like as a child now I I'm grateful I actually did not I I had a mom who actually my friends would come over to talk to my mom about sex <laughs> so like I, I had too. a more open kind of situation with my mom but like I know that people have said you know they have felt just so shamed about it and that it was like they couldn't mm-hmm. discuss it and it was off limits 
And so when yeah. you feel that way, then you feel like it's bad. And I think then we start to embody yeah. that. Like, oh gosh, this is not healthy that I want this or my mm-hmm. desire is ugly or um, I yes. have shame around it. It's, it's, and it's so pervasive. Like I felt that shame and I didn't grow up in the church, but that, that, um, that overarching kind of social message around women and sexuality that came from the church or just part of our culture as in the, it's there, it's everywhere. And so even if you didn't, you know, grow up in the church I'm, and women experience shame around their sexuality and just talking about it is part of the healing process. And that's why I'm so excited to be talking about it today is like, I just want us to be engaging in these conversations yes. and normalizing um, desire. And, and it's like, talk about these things that um, are really key to how we understand ourselves and how mm-hmm. we accept ourselves and how we, and then if we are married, right. If yeah. we are like choosing that path of a committed sacred relationship for the lifetime, this is such a rich and beautiful place to grow deeper forever. Like, yes. And this is coming back to your question. Like when couples start to lose that passion yeah. or it's not the same anymore. And you've been married for this many decades and, and it's just, um, this is why I feel like the journey of romance and adventure and the paradigm of romance and adventure is so helpful for marriage yes. is because we begin to see that it really is an inward journey. And it's, this is what I always tell women. Cause a lot of times it's women who lead out in this journey in their marriage. Yeah. Um, it's rare. I would say that two people come to the, to that aha moment at the same time that says, yes, we need to grow deeper um, in our marriage. And the path to that is an inward journey instead of like, let's just go buy another sex toy or right. try a date night, you right. know? Like the, I tell women that they get the, the honor of really like leading out. And so they're healing when they start to find, um, sexual well-being. And I, I define sexual well-being as a woman's ability to own and hone and like she really can decide how she wants to use it. Um, her presence in the world and her, you know, specifically in a relationship that, um, her desires, like, and it has everything to do with like her desire sexually, but also desires for her life as a woman and like giving her a voice again and giving her back a choice in these things where maybe we grew up and we didn't feel like we had either. We didn't have a voice or a choice when it came to what was done to us or what we were allowed to want or feel and all these things. And yeah. so this journey of learning how to um, connect with that energy within us and then share it vulnerably with the person we are committed to walking with for our life is a really powerful and transformative journey. Um, It's not not settling. Like it's like, okay, it's not, you know, it's not taking that um, posture of like, well, that's just what happened. You know how you hear people talk? Well, that's just what happens after you've been married 20. It's like, well, that doesn't have to be what happened. No. Like that is not God. That right? is not God speaking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pervasive in the culture just to kind of complain and give up. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, this is awesome that you're committed for life. Like you should be excited to grow together in this, you know? And so, yeah. I don't know. So what I love too, I took off of one of your things. It said wholeness is living unconflicted 
Living unconflicted yes. means there isn't a battle between our desires, our sexuality, and our values, our spirituality. Each nourish and care for the other. That's amazing. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen to that, right? That's the truth. And, it, and what I think I'm learning about what it means for me to live unconflicted as a woman, it means to feel all the feelings like, and to allow myself to love sex some days, hate sex other days, and all these things that I felt were these irreconcilable contradictions, right, about my womanhood, about, you know, the part of me that loves being, like, so, just, yeah. <laughs> I call it the Peg Bundy, like, dressing like Peg Bundy, like, just totally yeah. rocking what you got and just having fun being a woman and being a little... Um, playful and just, yeah. or, you know, these words that I'm even, I'm hesitate to say on your podcast, no, like erotic it, or turned on or, <laughs> you know, um, like, is it possible to be spiritual and a little slutty at the right moment? Yeah. You know, is it, you know, these things that are like so taboo, like we yeah. can't even like ask it as a question, but <laughs> I'm finding like a way to, um, there is a time and a place to yeah. really tap into all sides of myself and to live unconflicted isn't just to, um, yeah, to deny the, the parts that might be a little in the, like, what we would consider naughty, but to live unconflicted, which means to, like, put everything on the table, like, to accept everything about myself and to right. explore it and to, especially in, um, in our marriage and in the bedroom, because, well, there's so many things we can talk about from here. Can, like, how do I, can <laughs> I touch I? on the naughty, the word naughty? Um, yes. I think that, I think that even that, like even that is um, like because we feel like something's okay and something's not okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. and there's like this. I don't know. My daughters. I have teenage girls. You know, eighteen and se mm -hmm. or nineteen and seventeen. And so I'm really trying to be careful about like even the words around them. But yes. But they're super aware of everything too. And. They're very, mm -hmm. um, like this generation's very knowledgeable and kind of like, I am woman, hear me roar, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. cool to see. It really is. Um, yeah. But so even that, like when, you know, the word, the words, like the language around it is like, can even be shaming to ourselves. When, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, so we... Are, we have a very impoverished language around a woman's sexuality in general. Yeah. We just, we don't have a good vocabulary. We don't even like know how to, our, our anatomy, our, we don't call those things the right thing. Totally. Like our vagina, ladies, is <laughs> our canal where the baby comes out of. <laughs> yes. It is not the whole thing down there. So I think just, wow, just recognizing, taking a moment and pausing and being like, we have not gotten the right education no one taught me about the clitoris. Like our health class didn't talk about that. My right. mom didn't talk about that. And so there's so much, not to mention shame, but just like a lack of information that makes women feel um, ashamed because they don't know their own body. And it's like, oh, am I supposed to know this? No one ever taught me about this. And so these words that are um, like naughty, for instance, yeah. like I think – depending on who you are, you can love or hate that word, depending on how much healing work you've done yeah. around like who, who's defining that for you. Right. And so, but I think what comes with like, when I think about, um, you know, 
what does it feel like to be naughty in a playful sense? But I don't feel shame around that, but I feel freedom around that. What it feels like is, you know, a little bit mischievous, I'm confident and flirtatious. And um, like, I, like I know something my husband doesn't, you know, and like, there's like, there's this playfulness that there's, you get to engage in um, this really safe. um, Well, it's just like, a game of like yeah. I get to, there's like this place of being able to be playful and yes. confident and um, revealing what you want to reveal when you want to reveal it like you're in control a yeah. naughty woman in that sense is a woman who is in control and she um, not to not control in the sense of manipulating someone else or harming someone else emotionally or otherwise but like she feels safe enough to be like tapped into her desires tapped into what she wants she feels like she has a good rapport and is safe enough with her partner and is intimate enough that she knows that she can ask for things and try things that she won't be ashamed for it and she won't be like given like what are you doing like (laughs) but he'll be game too like they have this rapport with one another that's safe and there's a connection um so what one thing i like is this idea of the wild woman archetype and there's an amazing book. She's a brilliant woman, professor, writer. Her name is Clarissa Pinkett, and she wrote Women Who Run With Wolves. And this book talks about the wild woman archetype, the wise woman archetype, and how they're, like, the same, like, inside of us. So the naughty, the naughty, if we're just playing with that word and yeah. playing with that idea, stereotype, that can actually be a wild and wise woman. Like, she's just... She knows herself well enough and she knows her audience. Like, so it's her husband of 20 years or her, you know, that there is this like ability to be playful, but, but also to be flexible, like to like respond to the energy given back to her. Um, and that's where it becomes this beautiful exchange. And so, gosh, I wish we could have a a much richer vocabulary around how to tap into these archetypes in ourselves, like in womanhood, because um, right now we have these pictures of a a sensual woman, someone who's connected to her sensuality, her sexuality, and that immediately gets put into the category of the scarlet letter. Like, oh, that type of woman. And um, we just divide ourselves and we divide each other. Like as women, like I, Growing up, I just felt like there was no place for me. Like there was, you know, in some circles, I I think a lot of women have this experience. Like they're not sexy enough and they're not woman enough. And they're in other circles, they're too sexy and they're too sensual. And then other circles, they're too Christian or not Christian enough. And it's like this battle of, of we're always feeling this tension of like, here I'm not enough. There I'm too much. Where do I belong? And it's like, this is why the inward journey is so important because it's a journey where you belong home. You're, you know your home and, and home is a place where you're abiding close to God and home is in your body. Like it's right here. Like yes. we aren't far, but so I man, love that. so much I just threw out there. Right. I, just, I mean, there's I, so many ways we can go with it. I want to talk about the body a little bit more. I, I want to touch on like what yoga has taught you about sexuality. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about my yoga, yogic journey. We'll say I've been doing yoga for 20 years. And um, recently in the last three years, it's really started 
flourishing and it's exciting to me. And I'm finding this feminine form of yoga um, where it's less about the hitting the postures and achieving a pose and mm-hmm. more about the inward experience of the sensations of movement and like feeling my breast and, and being a little softer around the edges and um, being more intuitive in my own practice. Yeah. Um, but I think we can start just, I mean, I can talk a lot about a feminine form of yoga, but before I get there or maybe for another podcast, yeah. um, I, what yoga does for all of us is that it leads us home. Yeah. Back to our breath, back to our body, back to this present moment, back to knowing the truth that our body is good, it's safe, um, that here we can experience something holy, that we don't have to go anywhere else, but God is here, he's near, and um, there is this comfort that is riding on every inhale and exhale, and all we have to do is just lasso ourselves and let it take us to yes. this place of deep, beautiful, holy abiding where this is the experience of intimacy. Like the breath is the teacher. The spirit is the teacher. And yoga for me is just, um, I have so much love for it. And I am so excited about it because it isn't stagnant. I'm learning all the time. I feel like I'm a student and I I always want to be a student. Um, And I think what it can give to everyone, whether or not they consider themselves a yogi or not, is just the um, the tools, a very practical way to get back here in the moment yeah. and, and start healing their relationship with their body. Um, and then, I mean, for me, like, yoga is everything. I, I walk across the room and the way I cook dinner, and, and that can be yoga because it becomes about my awareness, my attention, and the tenderness I bring to these things I do with my body and my breath and, I don't know, just yeah. staying close to the spirit and all things. Yes. So I, I'm grateful. I, I mean, I just am so excited about yes. um, the practice. And and also, I just want to encourage everyone who is listening to the podcast, you don't have to become a yogi. Like, you never have to, like, buy a yoga mat or set foot in a yoga class, but you can start um, falling in love with your body and your breath and, and learning some of these foundational things that are typically attributed to a yogic practice, um, like being in the moment and yeah. and like learning how to, and, you know, you don't ever have to be <laughs> a yogi to right. do that. It's available for all of us, runners, dancers, um, Right. I don't know. Whatever you like to do with your body. No, I love that. That it's so yeah, yoga has same thing. Yoga has it just brings you yeah, you're so much more aware of your body. So you're aware of how your body's moving, you're aware of parts of your body that you never even thought about before. <laughs> now you're breathing into those parts mm-hmm. and things are coming alive that you really didn't even know were there and um Now, one of the things I wanted to definitely touch on, I feel like we could talk, like literally each of these topics could be a whole podcast. I know. Um, It's amazing. But (laughs) I I do want to talk about, because I do know a lot of people who have a hard time um, connecting intimately with their spouse because they have gone through some trauma in their past, some sexual trauma Mm -hmm. or abuse or even the shame that we talked about, just having that. um, And so... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess what would you 
what would you want to say to them? Like, where do you start? Like, if you're someone who's like, hey, like, I realize maybe this isn't my best sexual self. Like, how do I begin mm -hmm. to um, grow in that area? Um, first, I would say, please know that you're a member of a tribe of so many women yeah, that um, have suffered and have experienced trauma. And just to, to normalize that, because I think this is what happens to all of us, even though we know it's not true, but we, it is a very isolating experience. It feels very, very alone. Like when you have the flashbacks of, of trauma or abuse and even just like the, the weird icky feeling and you don't even you don't even know where it's coming from. You don't know something happened to you or if like that thing you saw just kind of stuck with you and it's just like, you know, it's just in there and it feels toxic. And so I would say um, you don't have to know why you feel afraid around sex and you don't have to know why you're triggered and why sometimes you hate sex to begin the journey. Yeah. Like you don't have to necessarily go back and figure out, was I molested? Was I abused? You know, a lot of women ask me that. They, they say, I don't know if I was molested or abused, but I just am afraid of sex sometimes. Like sometimes my husband touches me and I'm triggered and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, should I go to psychotherapy? And it's like, you could go to psychotherapy, but I never went to psychotherapy. And I can tell you this has been my path. And it has been to... Um, Actually, breathe, breathe deeply with God. And, and, and this is a personal story, but I feel like I can share it with your audience too. Yeah. Um, when I first started having flashbacks of being um, sexually abused as a toddler, mm. um, sometimes pre-verbal, it was just very foggy memories, but they started um, occurring and I, and I didn't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, my husband was... Um, getting sober. And so he was doing a 12 step program. Mm -hmm. And I asked God, I said, you know, do I do a 12 step program? Is there a group I can go to? Should I be a counselor? Should I get a um, psychiatrist? What do I need? And um, what I felt in my heart, and I prayed this many times, I felt the words, um, just breathe with me, mm. just breathe with me. And it felt so simple, but also terrifying because what that meant for me over the process of two years of really like, that was my mantra. Whenever I would get triggered, I would remember just breathe with me yeah. and I didn't make the feelings go away, but it did allow me to feel them in a way I had never felt them before, feel them fully and process, begin to process them because we store these memories, whether they're, you know, explicit or implicit memories, whether they're even our part of our history or part of the collective history or part of yeah. our lineage, it's stored in our bodies. It's yes. stored in our cells. It's a memory. And so we don't necessarily have access to these memories, but our body knows, our body feels, and it reminds us. And so how we heal that isn't necessarily through a cognitive approach, like what Western kind of modes of modalities of counseling yeah. and psychiatry but this is like there's an actually a way to heal that's more eastern but it's, it's also it's so from god i feel like this is 
Jesus. He meets us in our breasts. He meets us in our bodies. And he, he doesn't remove the feeling or the memory, but he does make it safe enough for us to process it. And so I never felt alone. I was terrified, of course, to let the anxiety wash over me because I didn't know where, when it would end, but it would feel to me like I was falling through a black hole. And I didn't know when I would stop falling. It was just this feeling of just such fear and loss and panic. Um, And this would happen sometimes um, when I was triggered sexually. And, but, but through my journey of healing of through this, this simple first step of not running away from that, but going to my breath, literally just inhaling, exhaling, watching the feeling, feeling the feeling, like all of a sudden these toxic things is residue, whether it's from my past or, you know, my mother's or womanhood as a whole, they started being able to be released. And I felt, and this didn't happen overnight. And this, you know, I'm still on that journey very much so, but I've seen so much progress and I'm I'm on the other side of of it in a lot of ways. Um, And I would say the very first thing is this, this willingness to be with the feeling and go, you trust the breath to, to hold you and to abide you because the breath is our most tangible experience of the spirit, the comforter, yeah. um, the holy, like just the counselor. That is our counselor in many ways. And so, um, and to remember that you're part of this a collective of women who are doing this work too. I mean, there is a rising tide of women who want sexual well-being. And, and there, it's not because they're so focused on sex and orgasms. And sure, an orgasm a day keeps the doctor away, <laughs> Mae West said. Love <laughs> Nothing wrong with orgasms. <laughs> but just like there was like this movement of like nutrition, holistic nutrition, yes. and then yoga, like this next wave of healing. Well, it's like and, we're getting deeper and deeper. Yes, like functional medicine. And, yeah. you know, when you were talking about the body, like that book by Vanderkolk, The Body Keeps the Score, it talks about this. Yes, and, amazing book. Yes, and how, you know, we used to just treat everything with talk therapy, but the reality is so much of it is in our bodies. It's, it's kind of the theme of this whole conversation. Yeah. Um, but you know, and so of course, and again, God cares about our bodies. So it's that integration Mm -hmm. of body, mind, and soul. Um, and, and that when we're fully integrated is, is when we can enjoy sex because it's a fully integrated experience at its best. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And so is worship. And so is prayer. And so is all these things that like, let's be, you know, when God, I love that John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came to give life and life to the full. And it's not just in our heads. It's not just in this like cognitive experience of who God is. It's in a very embodied and feeling and um, just, it's everything. Mind, body, spirit. And um, yes, the integration piece. And so to kind of like tie this, because at the beginning we talked about like how fun romance and adventure is and how like light and playful it is. And, and this is, I love that we talked about some of the heavy stuff too, because I want people to know that this journey is, it's everything. Like it's the journey of connection with God, with your spouse, with yourself. Um, it's, you're gonna, you can laugh on it. Like you can, there's so much humor in it. Like there's, you yeah. can take yourself lightly. You don't, it doesn't all have to be heavy yeah. and it doesn't all have to like, yes, we're dealing with really, it, hard things like sexual yeah. trauma is is hard it's difficult it's painful it's icky it's 
I mean, there, there were times in my own healing journey where I was going through a book um, and every single page I thought I was going to vomit. Like it was so triggering to me and it was like I felt nauseous just like even opening that door to this part of my, my soul that I had just like closed off, you know, and, and that was so hard. But like there's also like this lightness to it and it's, let it be everything I think is yeah. like one of the messages I want to give women is like part of the beauty of you as a woman and living unconflicted as a woman is to like be the contradictory like be the bombshell and the saint like be the you know all these things that we are afraid to like put all together in one life but yes. you can be totally devout and love God and you can be a total um, vixen in the bedroom and yes. totally have fun and be wild and all of it belongs. And I just, um, when, when I really started understanding that for myself, I, that's when I felt my healing journey really start to pick up speed is because I was accepting all sides of myself. And I, there was no place in me that God was not. Yes. And I Amen. felt really safe. Yeah. yeah. To just explore it all. Yes. And, try it all on and even like the clothes that I buy like now I'm just my my husband laughs because I'm in this like <laughs> phase where I'm like you know what you know because I think that you know Kim Kardashian for example right. like the these these types of clothes that I think like feminists would say like why are you dressing that way like you're just right. using your body to sell things and I, I get the argument to that but then the other side of that is like maybe that's exactly what some women need Maybe right. some women need to really accentuate like the parts of themselves they've always kept hidden right. and they've always felt shame around and just to rock what you've got and own it and just like own it for yourself, not for a performance, not for, you know, anyone else. But like if you just learning how to feel safe in you is like yes. so valuable. So right now I'm like in this kick of buying like Peg Bundy. Type. Do you remember Peg Bundy yes, from like totally the, the TV show? Everything's Mary really <laughs> Yes, yeah. I'm in that stage like right now. I'm like, I'm, I probably will go back to my like flowy yoga hippie wear next it. season, but maybe not. So it's fun. Just have fun. You're a woman. That's well, our gift. We get to be playful. And I have to say, there's nothing more beautiful or sexy than a woman who is comfortable in her own skin. Just whatever that yes. is. Right? So if I agree. that's jeans and cowboy boots, great. If that's a fancy, mm -hmm. tight dress, I think that's beautiful because it's it's her eyes. It's the way she moves. It's her like her easy laugh. It's just the way mm -hmm. that she moves with grace through the world because she has accepted herself. And that's when you see it, you know it because it doesn't come along every day. And those women are just yeah. so beautiful. Um, but it's not yeah. because they're going after an ideal, like I'm going to look like Jennifer Aniston or I'm going to look like whoever it's because right. I'm going to be me. Yeah. And you have so much fun being you and you yes. can change how you express you. Like one season, it can be an Angelina Jolie. The next season it can be Jennifer Aniston, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, yes. and, and, and using, like, uh, using, um, these archetypes, whether it's celebrity or movie stars, um, you know, from the past or the present as not as models you need to imitate, but just as like fun, like examples of yeah. what is possible, you know? Yes. And 
I love Sophia Loren and her quote. She says, there's nothing more beautiful than a woman who knows she is beautiful. And that yeah. beauty that I think when you are close to God, in your quiet times, when you feel like you are abiding in the spirit, doesn't it? Yes. Don't you just feel beautiful? Like yes. I just, yes. And so like when you can carry that into the world and feel no shame about that, that way that you radiate, yeah. um, it doesn't matter what you have on. And you just get to play. Yeah. And you know that none of that defines you because who you are is this uh, this child of God, this beautiful beloved. And that you are, no matter what's happening around you, no matter who's taking a double look at what you're wearing, you're abiding. Yeah. With well, the king. it's and freedom, like, right? It's just more, yes. it's just freedom, freedom, freedom. Like you aren't ashamed of who you are and you know whose you are and you can be in that fully and I think instead of because I think with sex a lot of times it's holding something back because you think it might not be acceptable or appropriate or Mm -hmm. um like you said not enough and in some places too much and and kind of being Mm -hmm. a chameleon who you're around which friends can I say this in front of which boy wants me to be this and how can I please that man and how can right instead of who am Mm -hmm. I and Mm -hmm. what do I want and yeah so we I I'm so So sad but we're like out of time (laughs) I swear everyone's (laughs) gonna want me to all the time I love this stuff everyone's gonna want me to do uh, another podcast with you so um I might have to do that but um I would gladly do it good let's just um can you pray with me like well can we pray before we hang up? Yeah, absolutely. I think I need you to start. I got kind of shake, uh, like teary because I just mm. want to pray for, can we just pray for women? Yeah. yeah. Me. Lord. God, you see women right now where they are. And, and I thank you that you made us women. I thank you that you made us man and women and that you are in us, that you have something to, to share with the world through each of us. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would give ourselves permission to let go of shame and to let go of the things that we've been taught and to start with a real hunger and desire to lean into what it looks like to grow closer to um, our ourself, like our sexuality and you and our body and our breath and uh, our mind and our heart, Lord. And I pray for, for courage for all the women out there who are, are just at the cusp of beginning this journey and may they know that you are with them, going before them every step of the way. And and may they know they're not alone, that there is just a tribe of women right there beside them, walking with them on the same road towards wholeness. And that's what it's about, like living completely free and whole new, Lord. Um, so thank you for, for Sue and for the energy that she is pouring out to have these conversations and to make these um, make these podcasts available for everyone. Mm-hmm. Bless her, protect her, and, and refuel her. Um, and thank you for the women listening and for the men listening 
and to know that they are part of this journey too. They also have their own journey of sexual well-being and may marriages and may people just feel connected to one another in, a, in an intimate, holy, real way. Um, and may we feel embodied and, and know how to find our way home through our breath. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lord, I wouldn't ask a blessing over Morgan and her husband as they um, continue to lead couples and lead people just through all the things that they're doing, the way that they're speaking so boldly and courageously and living their lives um, wide open for all of us to um, learn from and celebrate with them. And um, Lord, yeah, keep a sense of um, joy about us. Um, keep a sense of wonder about us as we um, are in our relationships wherever how long they are, Lord, that you know, um, we would continue to just find joy and freedom in them and growth and um, gratitude and, and just, um, yeah, be ourselves. Um, and, and for women everywhere, Lord, just that we, we would feel like we're not, it, we're not not enough and we're not too much. And who we are is beautiful and the way that we are created is beautiful. And so when we bring all of ourselves, that's when we really get to shine and I think so much of us, mm -hmm. um, Lord, so many of us, I know for myself too, have done things in our lives that make us more performance, like performing for other people or um, not really bringing our whole selves. And, and I just, I pray against any of that, any fear around that, um, just that we could be free. So freedom and just blessing over Morgan mm -hmm. and her husband and all of this. And thank you for opening the door to this conversation, Lord. Thank you that anything in front of you is safe and that you love us and that you understand us and you understand our thoughts and um, you want to heal us. And so, um, yeah, we, we're grateful we get to have these mm -hmm. conversations. And um, thank you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' mm -hmm. name, amen. amen. Thank you, Morgan. Oh, my gosh, this was awesome. You're welcome. So fun, so too. Good. So thank you so much. Totally.